0: Then I will be able to walk triumphantly, like a god, through the ruins of their kingdom. A direct quote from Karl Marx, fully exposed in Dr. Paul Kanger's new book, The Devil and Karl Marx. Available now at tanbooks.com.
1: What harm can three little children possibly do?
0: More than you think. Adelina, what is dangerous is what they represent. More dangerous than weapons. (laughs) The mayor was an unbeliever firmly devoted to the government position that God did not exist. They say, for those who believe, no proof is necessary. For those who do not, none will suffice. We all have a little bit of the mayor in us. Fear keeps us from giving ourselves to God, and we cannot become who he wants us to be. We prefer the security of our jobs, possessions, or place in society. But everything in life is a pure gift from God. When we acknowledge this and trust him, we can bear much fruit, especially in our hearts. Fatima is an uplifting story about the power of faith coming soon to theaters nationwide. Learn more about this message of hope and peace for our times at bluearmy.com. It's truth, hope, and a look at life you won't get anywhere else. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Yeah, it's that movie was supposed to be out this weekend. Uh, I think the 14th was supposed to be out. Uh, they've Because of COVID, I think I moved it now to the 28th. I think it was this weekend, or maybe it was the 14th. It doesn't matter. The date now is the 28th. So I'm a big believer in supporting uh, these types of movies. When the Divine Mercy film came out, I wanted everyone to go see that, and I thought it was really well done. I know this one will be done as well. I I, I know uh, several people who worked on the project, uh, and they've worked on this thing for years. And whenever you do a spiritual work, uh, it comes under unbelievable attack. It really does. It comes out, and I'd love to hear the stories. I'm going to, maybe in a couple of weeks, get one of the producers on, maybe the day that the, the film launches, just to, to hear the backstory. Uh, I've seen it myself. I remember working on documentaries where you've got teleprompters running, right? And your teleprompters simply relay, they reflect what you have on your computer screen to your talent. And I remember working on this Divine Mercy project one time. And the script is in the computer, and the computer operator, the teleprompter operator guy is running this thing, and words about the mercy of God are coming up on the screen as a loving and merciful father, and yet on the teleprompter, they disappeared as if somebody erased them. There was no explanation for that. It happened multiple, multiple times until the priests that were on the set blessed the set, and then everything cleared up. So uh, works that spread devotion to God, draw you to prayer, draw you to holiness, Believe me, Satan hates him. So I, I do want to keep you informed. With all the turmoil in the culture, I thought it would be important, and I started this weeks ago, I, I thought it'd be great to do a 13-part series just on the Fatima Peace Plan, because we've talked about everything from sacrifice and penance to suffering to the rosary and to so much more. There are such tremendous parallels but between what happened in 1917 and 18, not just with the, the great Spanish Flu in our own time. But what we saw with the powers to be, with the uh, you know the the reign of terror that we saw in, in that day, with with Stalin, with leadership, and, and I want to give you I want to give you a historical perspective on these two things because I think we can learn from the past. I think we have to learn from the past. If you do not remember the lessons of the past, you're bound to repeat them. And we saw what happened when leadership rolled over, when revolution took place. I don't want to see that here in the United States of America. I don't want to see that. You know, I don't. I really, really don't. And I think there's a lot to learn. That's why we'll do that. And the one thing we can do, of course, is take lessons of prayer and penance and sacrifice and the rosary and Eucharistic devotion and so much to transform the culture. Now, I, I know sometimes it feels like you've been abandoned. You know, maybe you feel you stand alone in your faith, You know, facing a very daunting future in a world that's changing around your eyes. And maybe you, you think our country is being dismantled. Uh, people I know are praying, they're doing ador- hours of adoration, they're praying their chaplets. Yeah, some are isolated from the church and the communities. I know some people really feel that they, in fact, I saw a report on this, I'll talk about it next week, where people feel disconnected from the church. They feel disconnected from their faith, from their community. Uh, it's lonely today, isn't it? it? With this pandemic, it can be very lonely. It can be lonely in the public square. Uh, fears gripping some people fear about the coronavirus. Others are facing challenges at work and school where they, they can't stand up for you know, faith or morals or religious freedom without fear of some fallout. I mean, take a look at what's happening right now in our culture. We talked about it yesterday. I had Dr. Paul Kanger on and a former Revolutionary Guard member on. And what did we talk about? We talked about this cancel and conform and control culture. We, and the reason I talked about it is I found a great article in which people who live through communism <clears throat> they are seeing what's unfolding in our own country right now. They are seeing what is going on in the culture. They said this is exactly what happened in the Soviet bloc nations before. We see statues being destroyed. We see looting and rioting. we see leadership being rolled over. You know, throughout history, the anti-clerical, anti-god, totalitarian regimes, they've had to always resort to, to fear and instilling terror in people to gain control over people. Coming up in just a moment, Barb Ernster is going to be stopping by. She's been doing a lot of study on Stalin. And there's that parallel. We're seeing that today, aren't we? There's a lot of lessons to learn about what happened in 1923 or so. We had the Red Terror in in Russia in the early 20th century in many parts of the world. It was instigated by Stalin. And that's how we began to control people. We're, we're hearing about the terrorizing and torture of Muslims and Catholics and Christians in China. You know, it, it was happening in Fatima, Portugal, the times of the apparitions. You know, it was happening then. And you know what? I, I think we're beginning to see some of that today. I, you know, the, these kids we can learn a lot from. And, and Barb's going to join me. We'll get her perspective on this. So, and, and you're welcome to join us, too. Anytime you want to get in. It's triple eight nine one four nine one four nine triple eight nine one four nine one four nine uh you know the families and the visionaries um uh, were very intimidated and threatened the priests whose churches were being boarded up people of wealth and influence didn't want to lose their position their possessions um it was all part of a program of intimidation and threats by the government to keep people under the control and, and barbara and i were having a conversation earlier today she says that's exactly true what we're seeing here in our own country and she'll dive into this in greater detail for you but um I just want you to be aware. I think history is so important to know. And I think our youth today don't know it. You know, they just don't know it. She was telling me that the mayor of Fatima at the time of the apparitions, um, he was a baptized Catholic and he turned away from the faith to become a, a, a Mason. You know, these kids who were kidnapped and threatened, they stood for truth in the midst of great terror and great fear. They stood for truth. Even when all odds were against them, these kids were threatened to be boiled in oil. I'm telling you, we can learn from the Fatima Sears on so many levels, not only how they handled you know, the pandemic and the suffering of their day, but what was going on societally. And that's why I think Fatima is such an important, such an important apparition for our time. I, I really do. Some of you might say, oh, what about Akita? What about this? What about that? Yeah, what about Rwanda? What, yeah, I think they're all important. I think God is constantly reaching out to us. And I think he has sent his mother across the centuries. But I think Fatima is one of those those incredible, um, those this hallmark apparitions, if you will, as Guadalupe was. And I think the apparition, even though it took a place over 100 years ago, uh, is just as relevant today. And here to talk a little bit about it, give us some perspective and some of the lessons that we can learn, uh, especially standing for truth in these times in the face of fear is the communication director for the blue army and it's great to have with us for the world positive fatima really
1: 2020 has been a real eye-opener even for myself i mean in 2017 everybody was excited it was the 100th anniversary we were expecting great things there was a lot of joy and it was a great year because it brought people's attention back to the fatima message and it wasn't long after that when we started seeing things happening in this country that were not good. And if you start to look at the parallels from the early 20th century to now, it, it, we don't want to be fearful, but we do have to stand up and pay attention to what's happening. I know that communism sounds good to some people, but we have to remember it's total control and communism killed 168 million people in the 20th century. We don't want that again. And so I'm glad to be back on the show to bring yeah. people's attention to Fatima and these three little children who stood up to this.
0: Well, bring us back in time, if you would. I think it's important. And and let's let's talk about the culture. There's tremendous parallels to our, our own time today. And maybe let's put this in a historical perspective, and we could talk about the lessons we can learn from the seers and how they faced terror in their own time. But I know you've been studying a lot about about Stalin, uh, about the Red Terror, uh, about so much that unfolded in the early part of that century. Uh, maybe paint that picture for us. A lot of people don't know their history, Barbara.
1: Well, even while the Fatima apparitions were were going on, things were going on in Russia that people had no idea. Even the world stage didn't know about it. And within days of the apparition's ending, the Bolshevik Revolution happened. And even then, they said when when the revolution was taking place, the bars were full, the vodka was flowing, people were not even, people in Russia were not even aware this was happening. And other leaders around the world thought, oh, this is just a small group of madmen, they're going to they're going to go away, but it didn't happen. I mean, it was very um, strategic, and Lenin had a plan for global communism, a global takeover even back then. And so what happened? It was just small little disruptions that were happening, and they'd go into these small towns, they'd go into territories, and they had a, a, a small forces, that, and they were very successful in overtaking these, these towns and territories because the inhabitants were passive and the soldiers at the time, the czarist soldiers were just very inactive. And so when you see what's happening in our country with, uh, Seattle, Seattle and Portland and different areas of Chicago, where rioting and, and things that are, you know, people able to just take over parts of the city and be yeah. destructive and terrorize people. It's very similar. We have to really pay attention to this and not let this happen.
0: You know, I could not agree with it more. My, my guest today is Barb Ernster and, um, you know, this didn't just happen in the small village of of Fátima, of Portugal. It was happening in, in many, many places at the time. And I find it interesting how history repeats itself. Barbara. the the, 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 the children too, they faced incredible uh, f- fear and uh, opposition in their own time. They're given this wonderful message by the Virgin Mary. What lessons can we learn from them? How did they stand for truth despite the tremendous intimidation uh, that they? They encountered it, and may, you know there are people of course who every time you 're on, I try to reset what happened in Fatima, or people don 't know the story. Um, what happened to the kids? Why were they arrested? I know they were threatened with death, I mean a horrible, torturous death of being boiled in oil may, Maybe for those who don 't know the story, uh, kind of give them the thumbnail and and explain what happened to the kids
1: well, this mayor of fatima uh, arturo art, art I never know how to say the his name Arturo Oliviera. Santos, I believe was his name. Yeah. As you said earlier, he had—he was a baptized Catholic, and his wife was secretly practicing her faith. She had to keep it under wraps. I even understood that, I heard that she had been healed of some ailment at, during the October apparition, but her husband never did convert. He had become a Mason. He was uh, fully in line with the godless totalitarian government that was operating under Freemasonry, and he was a he was he had political ambitions, and so to have a religious thing fire up in his district, it wasn't good for him. So he was trying to put the damper on this first by telling the family and telling the priest, "Hey, you better get a handle on this and don't let this." But it kept attracting more and more attention. So by August thirteenth, there were fifteen thousand people that came into Fatima to go to to see the to be with the children during the apparition, and he cooled them into thinking he was going to drive them to the Cova Diarrhea. Instead, he kidnapped them and brought him to their home and trying to get them in a nice way to, you know, tell him what the secret was and deny that this was happening and they weren't giving in. And then he threw them in in the prison cell with other prisoners. And that wasn't working either. But, you know, Jacinta was crying because she said, you know, my parents aren't coming to see me. She was seven years old and she was horrified that, you know, their families, because it was the next day and their families weren't coming to see them. Well, he wasn't getting anywhere with them. So he started using a more, more terroristic threats and being intimidating. And, and then he told them he, would, he was going to boil them all in oil. And he said Jacinta was going to go first. Wow. So he drags this little seven-year-old girl out and she thinks she's going to her death. She's crying. They said she was fearful. She was crying. But she said, I would rather die than than tell a lie. I mean, that wow. was wow. they did not want to tell a lie. <laughs> that was the sin they were trying to avoid, and that was one of the the things that led to um the can- cause for their canonization. They understood that you know these kids had developed great virtue, and that was you know it was it was heroic virtue at such a young age, and that that did lead to their cause moving forward. So yeah, it wasn't that. Um, you know we're going to deny our lady it was we're going to tell a lie if we deny our lady yeah. and so he used he used these terrible threats and intimidations to to break these kids down and it's it 's really he was actually um chastised in the public square himself because even people that were with the godless government felt that he abused his power so But when they stood for truth and they went forward willing to give up their lives, his plans fizzled i mean God had. He had a plan to move them forward, and i I just think it's such a lesson for us. we can't be intimidated into silence. Yeah. We have to stand, excuse me, we have to stand for truth because God has this, and the more we stand up and witness our faith like those three kids did, the bigger voice we have
0: yeah it's such a great point because it's easy in the workplace or in the neighborhood or wherever you might be not to speak the truth when you're around other people who hold those different type of views. Uh, You might feel intimidated by it. And uh, I I think if we remain silent, we do a disservice. I think sometimes there are others who really agree with you. They're afraid to speak the truth. And you might be the the leader there or you might plant the seed of truth that God will water through the sacrifice you might have to endure. You were sharing with me off air that your your husband's uh, in IT and we're even seeing the cultural change today where you can't use terms like parent and child even in software type of uh, right. you, you know development uh, on, on applications yeah. for marriage and stuff. It's partner one and two, or when it's a child, you know, yeah. it's all this gender neutral type of stuff. It's just, it's bizarre. But I think you're right. I think
1: we need well, to stand
0: it, up and speak truth. No, go ahead, Barbara. What's your perspective?
1: Well, I wanted to add that I have a cousin who works in the public schools, and she said they no longer use the words boys and girls. They call them friends. And I even wow. heard it in a Catholic school that they were calling them friends. friends. I'm like, wow. Friends. And no, I don't think a lot of people, my cousin says, you've got to pay attention to what's going on in the public schools and probably even some Catholic and Christian schools as well. I mean, this ideology just keeps creeping in and it creeps very slowly, but um, we have to remember that we have to do things with charity too. I mean, pray for charity, pray for the, if you have anger towards things, ask the Lord to take that away and go to the blessed mother and beg these graces through her right. immaculate heart because we can't operate in anger. It doesn't it's not effective. It's not effective uh, to shout at people either. So
0: I am so with you. And first of all, thanks for saying that. I could not agree more. My guest today, Barb Ernster, she's communication director for the World Apostle to Fatim. If you want more info too, uh World Apostle. well, it's dot uh, com is the best web uh, best website to go to, right, Barbara? Is that where people can yes, get more BlueArmy.com. info? All right, let's do this. Let's grab a call or two for you, and uh, again, there's a lot going on, too. I want to talk about the power of the rosary and so much more. There's rosary campaigns all over the nation. Todd is listening in Lexington, Kentucky. Todd, hi. You are on the air. And, you know, uh, Todd, I'll tell you what, my signal's breaking up here a little bit. Let, let me take a quick break. When we come back, I'll take your call. You're on deck, Laura, everyone else will get your calls. I only have Barbara and stir for a moment or two. Stay with me. When we return, our conversation will continue. This is the Drew Mariani Show. Listen in to the Chaplet of Divine Mercy.
1: I wanted to call and report a miraculous recovery.
0: Where we're here for you.
1: Weeks and weeks with no improvement. Every
0: afternoon at 4 Eastern, 1 Pacific.
1: Now he's home.
0: On Relevant Radio. The Relevant Radio toll-free studio line is sponsored by Charity Mobile, the pro-life phone company. Information about their cell phones and monthly plans available at charitymobile.com.
1: The Drew Mariani Show
0: on Relevant Radio. All right, welcome back. My guest, Barb Ernster. Check out the World Apostolate of Fatima doing some wonderful uh, work. And barbara has been joining me along with Dave Carolla and so many others to take a look at why Fatima. Uh, is really it's given us the peace plan for our times it's given us a solution and and Barbara I want to go to Todd and everyone that's on hold but I was just thinking I mentioned yesterday and and please clarify this for me because I first Saturday uh, first Saturdays right that one of the five things our lady asked us to make reparation for was it for the desecration of statues yes
1: her, her sacred images yes
0: her sacred images I shared a story yesterday that in Colorado another a statue was was defaced and we're seeing this all right. over the place mm-hmm. i'm curious just from a historical perspective before the apparitions in rwanda africa there was a flurry of this type of attack on churches and on imagery were we seeing the same thing around the time of fatima those apparitions
1: yes yes there they were they were um there was a lot going on in in fatima at the time they were intimidating priests i think just a few days before the apparitions began or a month before there was a priest that was beaten to death by some of the local guards. I mean, they were trying to shutter the churches, and they, they were boarding them up, and so the priests were afraid to speak out. I feel sometimes like we feel alone in the public square because we're not being... We need our priests and our bishops also to pray for courage, and we all need to stand up and speak out. So, okay, let's, let's certainly pray for Especially when them. these things happen. You got it. yeah. Todd, thank you for your
0: patience. I appreciate it. You're on the air with Barbara. Go to right Ed. Hi, Hi Drew. Um, I had read... I had... Uh, read back, oh, a couple months ago, Dr. Joseph Pierce's excellent book, Solzhenitsyn, yeah. A Soul in Exile, and one very simple phrase um, that uh, Solzhenitsyn said his grandmother had said to him, and he said all the old women in Russia would say this, is that the reason that the Russian Revolution, the Marxist Revolution, succeeded was because they had forgotten God. And- yeah. When she had mentioned that, you know, when it started, they were just they were going to the bars and they, the vodka was flowing, and they just really didn't have any idea. But that's that was nothing pithy. Just we have forgotten God. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have yeah. to be pithy, Todd. I think you're absolutely right, and it's a wonderful point. That's where we are today. I mean, my gosh, look at the godlessness in our culture today. He's been rejected during the 2016 Democratic convention. Remember they booed him, Barbara? I, I mean. It, it, what is the solution yeah. to today you talked about standing for truth what What did we learn from the kids they had tremendous devotion to the eucharist they they were children of deep prayer they did penance and sacrifice they prayed the rosary that's mm-hmm. the solution those are the keys to changing the culture that we have today we need god that's what the the poles chanted as communism you know blanketed their country and it sparked a, a revolution there and i think that's what we need in our own country. We need God, but but Barbara, let me let you respond to him, and we'll grab a few more calls. Only a couple minutes left.
1: Well, I would agree with that. We we certainly have turned away from God in this country, but we've allowed it to creep in. It's creeping and creeping and creeping forward, and now people are intimidated and they're afraid, and and they don't want to stand up because now you're in the minority. But we had Cardinal Burke yesterday at the shrine, oh, yeah. our Blue Army Shrine, and for the August 13th apparition. Celebration, and he told us we had a chance to interview him. He said we need to be witnesses to truth in the public square. We need to live out our own personal consecrations with all of our heart, because our Lady is going to protect us. But we can be a small force. Look at how the Red Terror—they started out with small forces and they basically rolled over the the large silent majority. We can be a small force of prayer and have lots of power in our hands and in our hearts just by giving ourselves to God. We have to have personal conversion yep. and then pray for other conversions in this country. And we have Absolutely. to believe that God will bring the grace.
0: You can simply answer my next question, yes or no, um, because I don't want to give anything away, but you and I had an all air conversation about Cardinal Burke and, and consecration. Are we able to develop both that information or we can't?
1: No, but I think in the in if we do another show, we should delve into that, because that's a big okay. subject, and I think it that's deserves huge. a lot more time. Yeah, no, it, yeah. it
0: does. I mean, it would be an incredible teaser for people. What you shared with me today yeah. is remarkable. And next yeah. time you're on, maybe, Barbara, we can do that. We'll, we'll dive into that. Yeah. Um, uh, World Apostle of Fatima, I hope you'll get behind them and support them. I'm going to grab another call here, but the, the, the website is bluearmy.com. Uh, Laura, listening in San Francisco, thanks for joining us. Good afternoon.
1: Hi, Laura. Hi, thank you. I just want to... Hi. I quickly want to say that uh, as far as my research and reading all messages back in 1846 in La Salette, the Blessed Mother appeared to a a young lady and the young men, and her messages she gave it all to what, as far as I'm concerned, from 1846 to the present time. La Salette, Luz, uh, Fatima, yeah. yeah. Garabandal, Magigori, Akita. It's all the same message, and we, humanity, are not listening. A couple of years ago, I asked yeah. myself,
0: Laura, i got to hold it right there because I only have, have a minute. I'll tell you what, I'd love to have you call back because I'd love to talk about La Salette. It took place in 1846. Pius IX says, you want to know the message of, of La Salette, what Our Lady says? Unless you repent, you will perish. It's a call to conversion, just as Fatima and so many of the other apparitions we're encountering today. I have less than a minute to go. I want to thank you, Barbara, for being with me. The Fatima movie, some clarification on that. What date is it hitting and how can people see it?
1: It comes out August 28th. Uh, it's a Friday. It will be in theaters nationwide and also on demand. So on demand. So you'll be able to get more information at Fatima, the Yeah,
0: I can't wait to see it. I, I hope there'll be a screener ahead of time or something. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a, a great event. And we'll tell you more about it coming up uh, in the days ahead. I'd love you to go out and see it. The message of Fatima, boy, I'm telling you, it's so important for our day. Our Lady's Peace Plan, the Rosary, first
1: Saturdays. Learn about it, okay? I'll be right back. We'll pray when I return.